What was his DM? Hi, Raven. I'm obsessed with you. Thoughts on a date. And I was like, Finally, I was like, oh, well, I have to go to New York for work. And he's like, okay, well, I'll come up there and meet you. We're just like sitting on the couch. And he was like, I think I'm really falling for you. And I was like, I, was like, I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> yeah, it was the first day. <laughs> what is your love story? Not the one that you're currently living in per se, but the one that subconsciously you'll move mountains or reality to live inside. Psychologists have identified 26 kinds of stories that people tend to commit to before committing to a romantic partner. So which of those 26 is your story? Whatever it was, man, she put it on me. Girl, the man wears sex like a coat. And I will give you the list, but I think you can probably guess which story Raven Ross has chosen. So are some stories better than others? Is it good to have a story in mind at all, or is it better to experience and then write afterwards? These are all questions that I want you to keep in mind during this episode of Lovers and Friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, Lovers and Friends. I'ma hold you down down to the end. I said. Hi, everybody. My name is Sham Boudram. Welcome to the podcast. So a love story is a frame of reference for how you believe love works or should work. Kind of like how your political beliefs describe how you think a group of people should be governed, how a state should be run. So as I mentioned off the top in my fave book, which I talk about all the time, The New Psychology of Love, there are 26 different common stories for people that they can subscribe to. And if you want to get the full list, I highly suggest that you check out the show notes. But there is a few stories that definitely jumped out to me as being stories that I think a lot of you will recognize. Addiction. We have an intense first connection. And from then on out, we need each other. And we create a dynamic based around the fear of parting ways. Audition, you gotta win the part and keep proving you love me. And if you forget the lines or go too far off script. To the left, to the left. Art, my partner looks good and they make me look good because I'm associated with something very beautiful. Business, our union is designed to give us more money, power and respect from others. Cookbook, love has a recipe and an instruction list. And if we forget ingredients or steps, our love won't be as delicious. Fantasy. Save me, marry me, happily ever after me. Game, love is a sport with a winner and a loser. Or if we are on the same team, there's still a captain and then there's a bench player. Gardening, love is something that has to grow and it takes time, awareness of the environment, plus continuous tending to in order to flourish. Now for more on this, see my episode where I explain the difference between a fruit and a fruit tree. A fruit tree is the kind of love that has the potential to provide ample fruitful experiences. But in order to actualize that destiny, the tree requires sun and soil, two powerful cooperating elements that agree to consistently show up and pour into that tree, that love, so it can survive, thrive, and give back. History. In our relationship, you are who you were until proven otherwise. There is only past you and future you. Think of it like the difference between I'll believe it when I see it and, well, let's just see. Horror. Relationships are scary and the scarier it is, the more real it is. Humor. Love is a joke. Now, some people get the joke early, some later, but sooner or later, everyone gets laughed at. Everybody gets humbled. Mystery. 
Love is best when there's things left unsaid. You don't have to know everything about each other because maintaining the mystery is more important than discovering yourselves through uncovering each other. Police. Like it, love it, hate it. You gotta place rules and boundaries on your partner because people are only as good as you'll allow them to be. Religion. Love is in service of the Lord and our romantic relationship holds a backseat to our godly relationship. Science. Love can be studied, can be explained and understood through scientific theory, just like anything else. War. Love is a constant power struggle. Now, the ones I didn't explain, but you can find in the description in the show notes are pornography, recovery, science fiction, sewing, travel, student teacher, and then there's a few more that I haven't listed. So naturally, as you heard this list, some jumped out for you as being true and some you probably jumped away from. And if I reflect that in my own way, currently I am in my love as a garden phase. But when I first met Jared, my husband, I was definitely heavy in the cookbook science phase. And that's how I got the nickname Shanbot. But I also think that's for good reason because before that, leading with my intuition had proved to be disastrous. So at that time, I was in the game humor phase because in my younger times, in my 20s or so, I found that most people I was dating were extremely manipulative and unethical. And if I didn't think ahead and think the worst, I was getting burned in more ways than one. I... I'm a survivor of chlamydia. I'm sharing that bit of personal history to circle back to the question I posed at the top. Are there some love stories that are more superior than others? And to that, I think the answer is no and a little bit of yes. Because yes, I do not think that looking at love pornographically or like a horror story is likely to set you up for something that's going to be stable, meaningful, and mutual. But also big no, because... Each story has its pros and its cons depending on the time and setting it's being told in. And as someone who is currently in my love is a garden story mindset, I could easily look down on the times where I looked at love like a cookbook, like a scientific cookbook. But yes, on one hand, I agree. Love doesn't have to be so heady and so rigid. But on the other, what good is a gardener who doesn't know a damn thing about climatology, hydrology, chemistry, or ecology? Similarly, when we have gone through unimaginable hell because of love, we just might need an unimaginable fantasy to give us the courage to even try again. And who knows? There isn't a story that is a lie. Every story out there has existed and your fantasy love story might end up being the real deal Holyfield. With that in mind, let's get to our starring guest of this episode, Raven Ross, who you might recognize from Netflix's Love is Blind. She was on season three. She's also very well known as a Pilates instructor and has over 2 million followers on social media combined. She has free workouts on YouTube. And you also might know her from the TikTok cheating scandal that unfolded at the end of last year, I believe, with her ex-fiance. Now, she is at the place now where she's ready to love out loud again. Plus, she wants to share with you how, why, and maybe even who. Lovers and friends, we have a 40-minute conversation with Raven Ross I think you'll thoroughly enjoy right after this. Friends, what is for dinner tonight? And if that question stresses you out, then hear me out. Hungry Root is here to solve your meal planning and to fill your fridge with healthy food and easy recipes 
All you got to do is fill out a fun short quiz and Hungry Root gets to know you, your goals, how you like to eat, who you're feeding, and other important details like what kitchen appliances do you use in order to start building your cart. Now, I would love to tell you more about our 30% off deal at HungryRoot.com lovers. But first, I want to introduce you to Hungry Root's number one fan. Yes, I am a Hungry Root fanatic. And the reason why I'm a Hungry Root fanatic is because they think about the snacks. I'm a snack guy. Not only do they give me a wonderful meals that I get to cook and they give it to you in grocery form, but they think about the snacks, the in-between the meals. It's important. And they know it's important. And that's the reason why I love Hungry Root. Thank you, Jared. Right now, Hungry Root is offering lovers and friends listeners 30% off your first delivery and free veggies for life of your subscription. Do not forget to use our links. They know who sent you. Go to HungryRoot.com lovers. And also, that's how you get 30% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. Hi, Raven. Hello. How are you feeling? Good, really good. You're giving me nervous energy. You kind of lean back like, bitch, what are you about to say? <laughs> no, I'm so ready. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Do you know how this came about? No. Well, it came about just a couple of ways. I've never watched Love is Blind before. That's so okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's not by virtue of I don't find it interesting. I just have two kids. I um, never watched it before and I kept getting tagged during your season for looking like you. Oh. And then I was like, oh, she's stunning and really cool. And then you were showing up on my For You page or whatever it's called on Instagram, but mostly for your workout stuff. Like the first thing I think I saw really? was you just talking about, I think it was guilt-free eating. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Probably. And then, you know, just gorgeous and luxurious. And really? then the Nick Vial podcast hit. And then that was everywhere on my feed. Really? And I actually just watched it this morning. It was a wild ride. <laughs> Yeah, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> are you okay? Yes, yes, I'm good. <laughs> to catch people up in a short amount of time as possible, you're known because of Love is Blind. Yeah. What is the gist of what happened over the past two years, three years? Uh, two years. Yeah, I went on Love is Blind. It was kind of just like on a whim. I had an incredible experience. You know, I ended up not getting married. But then I kind of was in an on again, off again, on again, again relationship where we decided to get reengaged. It sort of started to unravel with, you know, the typical like 2023 scandal, everything, social media. And so that was the end of my relationship, the end of my engagement. Since then, I've been able to kind of like just focus on myself and healing and have started a new relationship and just kind of put myself on a different path. And it's been like better than expected. So it's kind of like a little synopsis. Oh, better than expected is great. Yeah. Is better than expected because you stopped hoping for yourself? Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it's beyond what I could have imagined. Kind of when everything in the thick of everything that was going on, I, you know, was at the lowest point in my life. And it was kind of my first like extreme breakup. But I think really what brought me to a low place was feeling really lonely in a way that I'd never felt before. Just like very isolated. The experience in general on Love is Blind kind of shifted the dynamic in my, my family and my personal life a little bit. So I felt a little secluded from that. And now I'm going through something with my partner who 
you know, really in real life, like was my partner. So feeling secluded from having someone else to, you know, really lean on and share with just discovering like I'm kind of naive. And I think a part of that was ignoring things, but also just letting that small, naive piece of me like really be let down and I, I'm like never victim blaming or anything, but kind of let down by my, that experience with other women. Like, I just wish we could have gone about it differently. And I was kind of like, damn, like I would never do that to someone. That's just genuinely how I felt. So I kind of felt just down about the way that the world works. Kind of put me in a dark place. That was really long winded. No, we've got time. <laughs> the word naive sticks out to me because it's one of those words. I think naive and jealousy are in the same bucket that we often accuse other people of that, but nobody okay. admits to it. Okay. Like nobody says I'm jealous, right? Okay. But we're like, that bitch is jealous. Yeah. And nobody says <laughs> I'm naive, but people say that's a naive person. So I think that's really cool to take ownership of that. Yeah. But what does it mean for you to be naive? I definitely was like, that would never happen to me. I, you know, build meaningful relationships. I start things with the glass full of trust. After going through that experience on both sides of it, you know, like in my relationship, but also how I kind of felt about what happened with the different women and how that played out. And then I was listening to Nick Vial's podcast this mm -hmm. morning and the way that it was framed where he played something in the beginning mm -hmm. of you at a high point. So kind of a similar interview to what we're doing right now. Life is better. It's better than I could have expected. There's been obstacles, but like where I'm at right now feels good. And that was happening at the time that you were at a low point. And I thought it was really beautiful that you dared to love out loud again, because after going through that, a lot of people are like, I'm not saying nothing until I'm a grandparent because yeah. I don't ever want to be wrong out loud again. Mm -hmm. Actually, let's hear your story. Okay, yeah, you want to hear it? I do. <laughs> I do want to hear this story. I asked you for a story that mm -hmm. grounds where you're at today and what we're going to talk about, and I would love to hear it. So I want to tell you the story of um, my boyfriend and I's first date because it was, like, really crazy. <laughs> my manager was there. <laughs> um, she was on the date? It oh. was, like, a long <laughs> date, yeah. <laughs> she was on every Girl, everybody was on this date. <laughs> this poor guy. He had, like... People have been asking, like, how did y'all meet? How did y'all meet? You know, which I think is like, there's so many ways to meet someone nowadays. Like, you could go and love is blind if you want to. <laughs> uh, Would you recommend? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I had a really good experience um, with what I learned in the pods. And I've really carried that with me, um, that like vulnerability and raw honesty and like, over communicating because you're not sitting in front of someone, you know, and just trying to be really clear. Um, I've really taken some things away. So yeah, if you need help, like actually learning how to date to find someone like, yeah, love is blind is it. But like, if you already have mental health, I don't know, like, I don't, it's really bad for your mental health. <laughs> so he DM'd me. And I was like, oh, okay, like, he looks kind of cute, whatever. So I answered and we ended up, um, like FaceTiming. What for, was his DM? Before he DM'd me, like maybe like three or four days before I had actually posted a story. It was like a repost from my best friend's story. Like, I don't want you to like me. I want you to be obsessed with me. It was something like that, you know? 
And that like really resonated with me. And so like reposted it just to be funny. So then a few days later, I get this DM from this random guy. And he says, hi, Raven. I think he like quote period. He's like, I'm obsessed with you. Thoughts on a date. And I was like, how did he know? I literally was just, I just used that word. That's so crazy. This well, because like, he's obsessed with you. That's how he He's knew. obsessed with me. <laughs> and now that I say that out loud, like I've told a few people and they're like, that is so weird. Like, and I'm like, it really isn't like, that is like, I needed that. Like I was so ready to be like obsessed with someone too. Like I'm not just asking for that one-sidedly. So I responded, I was like, oh, uh, I said, haha, like I'm intrigued, whatever. We end up FaceTiming, I think for like the next like two weeks. And finally I was like, oh, well, I have to go to New York for work. And he's like, okay, well, I'll come up there and meet you. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And then I start thinking about it and I'm like, okay, like at this point, two of my best girlfriends that I grew up with, like since I was like 12 years old, they were coming to New York too. So like I knew I had to carve out time for them. One of my castmates was coming with me as well. My manager is there. Um, so it was like a big group of us. And I was like, dang, like maybe I shouldn't have said that, you know. So whatever, we figure out a time. And <laughs> this art is so embarrassing. <laughs> so I like taught this Pilates class like I was saying before and it was so good but it's like really like an emotional energetic like exchange I'm having with people so like afterwards I'm a little bit you know like toned down recovering my energy and I have this date and I'm getting ready and I'm like I don't know like what to wear like what it was bad it was all bad vibes I end up wearing like the most raggedy outfit like you could ever think of I just looked very raggedy and I get down there and he's like waiting for me outside the door <laughs> and I literally could not even make eye contact with him like I was so nervous and weird and he literally was like is something wrong with you <laughs> and I was like I literally couldn't even make eye contact I was like talking over here I was like I'm fine like it was I was so strange and so we like get in an Uber, like we're so quiet. And he's like very outgoing. Like he's like energetic, trying to get to know me. And I'm like in my head, like, okay, like I just have to get through this brunch. Like I'm so weird right now. I don't know what it is. And then we sat down, we like went to some brunch place and we started talking and like still like sitting across from me, like I could not make eye contact. But then like we started talking about really good stuff. And I think we started talking about like family and I like warmed up a little bit and then we went to Noma I think and walked around and like that was really good and so I was like you know I have all these people in town and I have to like make time for them do you want to join us for dinner and he's like oh okay okay so <laughs> he's like and he's in New York by himself himself him he needs credit for that right he showed up to a new city by himself. And here I am rolling like 10 people deep. It was like the middle of January. And so like New Year's resolutions, whatever. And so he was like, we should all go around the table and talk about like, you know, like what are your goals for this year? What is something you want to do differently? It was like this whole thing. And everyone like went around and said all of this beautiful stuff. And I felt like he was really trying to get to know me and the people around me in a deeper way. 
And so at this point, the night is like still young, right? So we're like, let's go out, this group of 10 people. I didn't feel weird about it. Like I was very like present with him and didn't feel like corny about holding hands. Like I actually wanted to. So I kept like noting all of these little things that were so opposite from what I'm used to. And we go out, we end up like hanging out till way too late past my bedtime. And then we go back to the apartment that I'm staying in. We're just like sitting on the couch. <laughs> and he was like, I think I'm really falling for you. And I was like, I was like, I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> yeah, it was the first day. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, popping in to give you a moment to process and ask yourself an important question. Because many of us know how we feel about sex on the first date, but how do you feel about I love you on the first date? And while you think about that, let me ask you another question. What else do you got shaking and baking over there? And furthermore, I wanna tell you how to simplify your baking needs with Caraway. We just got this Caraway. Now I get to throw out this. watch this and it was very easy and we made jello in it bam i didn't even plan that bad boy i didn't even plan it i need to plan it this summer get ready to conquer clutter baking and cooking like a boss they have cracked the code with their thoughtfully designed sets and complimentary storage you can now save 10 percent off the full suite of caraway products from their internet famous cookware to their newly launched food storage set Caraway's high-quality ceramic-coated kitchenware is free of PTFE, such as Teflon, lead, cadmium, and other toxic metals. Caraway kitchenware comes in a variety of chic shades, and all the sets include complimentary, easy-access storage solutions, which is huge because our little house has very little storage. If you don't know, ceramic's naturally slick surface means minimal oil or butter for slide-off-the-pan eggs and easy cleaning. And I'm going to be honest, I just simply didn't know how toxic our cookware and bakeware was. So I am so thrilled to share this code with all of you. Visit caraway.com slash lovers to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So you have to go to caraway.com slash lovers and use the code lovers at checkout to get the full Monty, the full deal, all that non-toxic cookware made modern right to your doorstep. For years to come, you'll be thankful you did this. I know I am. So yeah, we said I love you on the first date. And then did we, he say it back? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, I love you. I think I love you. And we were both like, you know, like awkward laugh, like, oh ha, ha, ha. like that's so funny, you know. The scientific belief around how long it takes to love somebody is six weeks. So you yeah. guys were FaceTiming and stuff. Yes, every day for a few weeks. For like around just to contextualize it for time. Probably like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So a little, still a little early. Still, uh, no, yeah. there's no excuse. <laughs> My parents got engaged in two weeks. Yeah. Wow. So I, I am familiar with these love stories. Working yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Crazy as fuck story. Yeah. Great story. Disney story. Yeah. The story of a naive person. Yes. <laughs> Very. But that's, I think, a part of what I found so inspiring about you even daring to try again. Because what happens to a lot of people in the face of, and I didn't watch Love is Blind, yeah. but from the Nick Vial, uh, which I have to dig further now after I listen to that thing, but it seemed like that person similarly appeared amazing, appeared too good to be true. 
Like, not only did you go through the hoodwink of it all, but it felt like America, who watched that show, was also experiencing that because that person appeared yeah, like yeah. someone that you would feel comfortable saying, I love you on the first date, too. Um, I think in the past, I've held on to hope too long and for not enough reason. And I think a lot of us do that, especially like in relationships, you know, like, oh, he's just having a tough time right now. Like, I hope it'll get better. Or I think I finally felt in myself like this is actually crazy, not crazy to say, but like, like I finally felt like, no, like I can have what I want to have. It's not crazy of me to think that I don't have to manipulate my own standards or convince myself of something I can find someone who is gonna be all those things it does exist and like you do actually deserve it as a person and I think for a long time I didn't actually think that about myself why was that personal or was that external like was that you felt that way about you or you looked at the world around you and thought well nobody gets what they want kind of both I think I've always struggled a lot with confidence always like try to be the funny girl or like I also think I didn't have a lot of examples of no one in my family's married so I didn't really know you know like I'm like well no one gets what they want so I'm like this is just how it is so and also like you're not this you're not this you're not this so maybe you don't deserve to like think that you're gonna get that what are the this this and this I kind of always told myself you're not actually that smart. You're probably gonna have to be with someone who you're just gonna have to like support them at home because like they're gonna have to be the breadwinner. Like you're not actually gonna make it. So you gotta watch out for that. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Yeah. Or I tell myself like, you know, you're not actually that pretty. So you're gonna have to just find someone who thinks you're pretty enough to be married to. Yeah, negative self-talk, which is actually something that I'm kind of in this stage of my life, revisiting confidence again and self-talk. So I think I've kind of brought it here. And I think there's still deeper to go. I want to talk about that with you because when we were discussing this new relationship that you have, and I was saying, similar to many people, I relate so much to the betrayal that you went through. And I lived with that person similar to you and I'd be finding out things real time and it was awful. And when it ended, I was so well aware that I wasn't emotionally prepared for a romantic relationship. I knew that about myself. I had so much work to do, so much healing. I remember vividly feeling like if I went in a job interview, you know, when the job interviews, they're asked like, what are your strongest traits? And then they ask like, what are some of your weak points? I'm like, I could write you an essay about my weak points. I could get you a scroll out and cover that front to back, but my strengths I wasn't aware of because yeah. that relationship just preyed so much on my insecurities and brought out so many insecurities. I was just very clear that I was unlovable and I knew what yeah. was not lovable about me, kind of the same verbatim way you could just describe it just now. And so I knew that that wasn't conducive to a healthy romantic relationship, but coincidentally, a month after I ended that relationship a toxic relationship for the final time because similar it takes seven times to leave an abusive partner that's physically abusive that stat goes to but I think it goes to other facets as well uh the, the final time that I left a month later I met my husband 
um, the context of what we met. We didn't have your story yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> like we didn't say yeah. I love you. It took a long uh, seven months later, but we did have sex really early on because I okay. was looking for a sexual relationship. Okay. And like the story that you're telling about, I said I love you the first time. Like my comparison is I cried the first time we had sex, which is a no no. That just happened for to a me, bro. That literally just happened to me. I li- the other day I was thinking about it. I was like, I need to text my friends and ask them, what does that mean? I had n- I've never done that. Okay, but go on. No, tell me about that. <laughs> tell me. He's going to kill me. <laughs> it was so crazy. A full on cry. I feel like I'm kind of playing. I have the vision and I see it and I know exactly where I want to go. And I know that this is the person that I'm going to do that with. But it's like, I'm like trying to start the bike, you know, like when you still have your foot and you're like trying to put it on the pedal and it's just like the bike's going like this, but it's still moving. And so just kind of like frustrated with myself because when I do have those instances of not feeling confident and lacking maturity, it, it hurts him. So I was just like emotional about that. And then I don't know what possessed us to like have sex shortly after that. What's that, that you had sex shortly after, like an argument or? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was kind of an argument. I can't even remember what it was over, but basically about how I need to grow in my maturity and in my confidence. And it's something like we talk about and how we're both growing and where we need to pour more energy into different parts of ourselves and us together. Yeah, then I started crying. I feel like for the first time I'm really connecting with someone a lot deeper than I ever have before and I think that has developed physically too it's something like I'm really enjoying I feel like I'm kind of again like a little bit naive I definitely was like a little bit sexually naive I don't even know why like just literally for no reason but with my partner I feel like a lot more closeness just very close And in that moment, I really felt that. And it just hit me like this man shows up for me constantly, no matter what. And I hurt his feelings all the time. And now I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) And like still in this like really intimate moment, he's like so present and wants to be close to me. And I keep hurting him a little bit. And it just like made me so upset because I'm really trying to work on all those things. Um, And he's being so patient with me. So it was like full blown cry was not like this. (laughs) And he was like, oh, my God, what's wrong? Um, And then, yeah, the sex was over after that. So (laughs) So this wasn't after sex was done. No, it was was during. during. (laughs) This was in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, does this happen to other people? (laughs) Well, I was going to say, because uh, post- sex crying is very normal okay it's a part of your refractory period like you go through this spike of emotions and then you go through the come down period and you can smoke a cigarette you can have a good cry you can eat a sandwich these are all ways of your body just coming down from this emotional high yeah and releasing the final release but during is interesting and was it a good cry though yeah 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 did it start out with like one two tears and then he's like are you crying and you're like (laughs) (laughs) I think because we like were so close and in the moment, like he couldn't really tell that I was crying at first. And then it started getting heavier. And he's like, wait, like, are you okay?" Like and then it was over like 
full blown. Um, I can't breathe. Cry. Did you say it like I've never felt so close? Yeah. Did you say it like I still am afraid of getting close? Yeah, I said like I feel just such intense closeness to you. I just feel a little maybe selfish about it because I know he doesn't not that he doesn't have to be in that place with me right now, but you know, I have done things to hurt him and he's still willing to like go to that place with me. And I just kind of felt like maybe again, I kind of went back to like, do you deserve this? Like, so yeah, I think I was crying because like I've been hurting him and I do not want to do that. And here he is like still being so selfless with me and vulnerable. How can you keep being vulnerable with someone who? How have you been hurting him? For instance, you know, with Love is Blind, I'll use that as an example. Anyone on reality TV, like, let's be real, wants to ride that wave, right? Everything that they do is probably going to be about that to keep holding on to that. We really, like, want to set a foundation for our relationship. And a big part of that is honoring each other. He set that boundary with me pretty early on, like... You know, I don't really want, I don't want to be constantly riding the love is blind wave. I want to have a new relationship. I don't want you to, you know, have to feel like you got to use your past, use your relationship to stay relevant, stuff like that, you know, which is, if I was in his shoes, I'd feel the same way. You know, why do we, why do you live your life for something that happens before and now you're trying to move forward with something new? Which I'm sure is a bit of a breath of fresh air because there are a lot of people who are like, oh, that wave is going. Yeah, Let me get my little surfboard on. That's very true. Yeah, I did not even think of that. Yeah. And, like, I know he's right. Like, 100% in my heart. Like, I know he, I feel that. And I know my purpose is, like, like I said, to try to bring health and wellness to other women and especially like other communities who don't have access to what I can offer. And so like none of that says love is blind, right? So I I know that I don't have to be doing things to constantly relate myself to it. So there's been little hiccups there. You know, I think I did maybe a post, a stupid TikTok, stuff like that. And he's like, that's not actually honoring our relationship. And you're testing the boundaries that I purposely, I told you what my boundary was. And now you're asking me to keep reevaluating. You're asking me to change my mind. And I think that's a part of my maturity. I'm just like going to be vulnerable for all reality TV people. Like I think that you, it's easy to get wrapped up in that and want to be that person you know and you think that maybe that's the only way that you can like be successful is that you know what does that person look like whoever you were on camera because it was like a dating show it's like I had a character but whoever kind of you're portrayed as after editing and stuff and what was your archetype I was blessed to definitely have a character arc but we started at the bottom and at first I was definitely came across as very closed off Um, had a lot of walls up, talked a lot about kind of like the importance of stability. And like, I don't think I said the words out loud, but like, you know, I'm going to date someone who can support me. 
Financially focused. Yeah, yeah. Gold digger. Yeah, totally. That was the word that everyone was using about me. There's truth to everything. That's not the whole story. But yeah, of course, it was a little true. And that's definitely how it looked. Luckily, by the end, like people got to see a softer side of me and got to see, you know, a little bit more of my personality that I'm am like funny and loose and I'm not super uptight and like have all these walls up. Of course, why would my partner now want me to keep being that person who had all those walls up and was a gold digger? So you had made like a funny TikTok that was swiping on like someone you'd want to swipe on. And it was like these different guys, right? This is actually a great example of um, how I'm struggling in immaturity. Popping in for a moment, I want to give you full context. I did find that TikTok and I am going to share it. But first, while we're taking a beat, I want to tell you about the sponsor of this video, BetterHelp. Now, during the intro, I talked about the different love stories. And if you recognize that you want to change your story, you do not have to go about this. And in many cases, you should not go about this all alone. This is where therapy can come in and provide you with tools to find more balance and more importantly, more clarity in your life. I use BetterHelp at a personal low point and it helped me tremendously to climb my way out. But remember, there is no right time to go to therapy. The right time is whenever you are ready. And if you are ready right now, BetterHelp is accessible, done 100% through your phone. It is flexible and it's affordable, especially for those in need of financial aid and especially, especially for lovers and friends listeners who can go to betterhelp.com lovers to get 10% off their first month of professional licensed therapy. That is betterhelp.com slash lovers for 10% off your first month. Take care. Well, not like take care goodbye, but like take care of yourself. And now back to Raven. Typically I would say yes, but he's been around town. Like it's giving used goods. Not only would I swipe right, I would literally go to war for this man. After seeing his apartment, I'm definitely swiping left. I'm sorry. I would absolutely swipe right, period. Have you seen Moana? <laughs> I'm rocking with it. It's giving peaked in high school. I like him like I like my coffee. So I didn't even think twice when I was doing it. I was like, oh, and I'm like making jokes. You're like, oh yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The TikTok comes out and I finally watch it. I was like, this is actually bad. And so I sent it to him and I was like, hey, just want to let you know that they posted this TikTok. It was for some, like something else. And, you know, it was just a joke. I was just kind of like playing it up and it really hurt him. In the moment, like I didn't even see. I'm like, oh, like this just joking, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, how would you want him to do that? Like rate all of these people and say if you would swipe on them like as a person who's trying to build the relationship that I know I want to be in forever that was not a very good way to go about it it's interesting because I again would add to the bucket of words that people often say about other people but don't say about themselves you know naive jealous and immature few people are like I'm immature so it's interesting yeah. you keep using those words but I do think that there is something to that that's unique to the reality TV experience. Because again, my reference with Harry, where his him and his partner got into a big argument because he was on a podcast and they said, if you could go on another reality show, which one would you go on? And he said, The Bachelor. And they said, aren't you in a relationship? He said, oh, when that's over. 
he was joking. Yeah. Because that's also kind of a part of yeah. his persona on the mm-hmm. show. And it obviously was not funny in the context. So it's interesting because the world wants you to be mm-hmm. and they keep booking you to be that version of yourself. And then you want to meet expectations. And maybe yeah. if you have a bit of people pleasing in you, like yes. you. Or a bit of maybe lacking confidence, like, oh, well, no one will like me unless I keep making stuff like this or I keep showing this side of myself. So I think a little bit with that people pleasing, it's a little bit of that, too. Something that you said in the Nick Vile podcast really stood out to me. And I want to ask about it in light of where you're at today. And that was a lesson that you learned from that past relationship was to trust your gut more. Mm -hmm. Now, from personal experience. When I came out of a very unhealthy, toxic, manipulative relationship and moved into a healthy one, my gut was very suspicious. My gut was very jaded. My gut was very fearful. And so some of the behaviors that I would be doing, the protective behaviors that felt like the right thing to do or the healthier thing to do, no longer suited the relationship, the dynamic that I was in. So I wonder if you relate to that at all, where you see things that you needed to do to keep safe in the past relationship show up and guard you from more intimacy and love in this relationship. We are in my new relationship. He has really laid the groundwork for very raw honesty, almost like I don't know why this word comes to mind, but like preventative. And I've never experienced that. He like wants to tell me like anyone messages him. He wants to make sure he's like, I want to prevent all of that. And which should like be so fulfilling for me. Right. Because like literally all my business was on the Internet like a few months ago. But the immature lacking confidence, insecure part of me is like, I don't want to know a little bit like avoidance of that. Like, just don't tell me like. So I think I have a little bit of growing to do with that. I, I, of course, like I do have some trust issues, but it's more like I almost try to avoid it instead of like, you need to tell me everything. Let me go through your phone. So I wonder why I'm that way instead of the other. But it makes me uncomfortable. And I love how honest and like how he wants to be so preventative. Does preventative look like I met somebody really attractive today at work? Or does it look like this person slid in my DMs? Yeah, it looks like this person slid into my DMs or, you know, um, an ex reached out to me. Sorry to his leasing office. but Like there's a girl in his leasing office like who has weird vibes. And, you know, like he'll be like, like, I want to be honest. She's giving me those vibes. And how interesting because I in that interview, you talked about how you had to beg your partner for information. Yeah. And even despite the begging and the pleading and just the assurance that you would still support them if they were honest, they were not. Yeah. And then now you have somebody who's just like pleading to give you information. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, baby steps. Like, I just want to sip, not the whole drink. Like, <laughs> But he's like so ready to be there with me. And I like that. And it is pushing me, you know, to do the same. I think a little bit. You know, any girl, it touches on my insecurities. I think that's a part of it for me, too. I'm like, oh, it's these girls, like, I can't hold a candle to them. And they're, like, more aggressive than me. They're more these things that I can't be. I don't even know how to say this. This is so weird. It's, like, not even a big... I've, like, never dated someone this attractive before, I feel. 
And so like, it's weird for me. I'm like, he actually is really attractive. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it opens a lot more things up. I So I definitely feel that. It's interesting because it's like two different versions of yourself that we're talking to. Like the version of you who's like, I love you on the first date. Mm-hmm. And the version of you who's saying like, I know what I want in the long term and I know I want it to be with that person, which that takes a lot of a lot of labias, a very big labias to say that. <laughs> I think especially in the face of the fact that you did fall in love publicly before and you were wrong so publicly. Mm-hmm. So to have faith in somebody and to give them that public faith again is huge. So yeah. you're making these really big grand gestures to show like I'm open and I want to be there and go there. But then there's this guarded part that's like, okay, one step at a time. I don't want yeah. the whole drink. Yeah. Yeah. I know it really is a lot more uh, layered than I thought it was now that I say it out loud. <laughs> but a, a large part of me has always been really guarded and very, a little bit like standoffish and just shy and naive. How do you meet in the middle with that? Because I'm sure you wished you were more guarded in the past i'm sure many people were like you should have been more guarded in the past and now you're in this relationship where maybe you should be a bit more slow and guarded yeah but you're allowing yourself to still be that naive person who is just going to go into it with blind faith is there like is there a middle or is it exist on two extremes and then land in the middle through that i think there's a middle that um i'm trying to find I don't want to be on the extremes of either of them because I think I did kind of exist on the extremes of some part of it and it didn't serve me, you know, being super guarded. Then people thought, you know, I was stuck up and had a lot of walls up and unrelatable and like not loving. And then on the other side, I'm just like, I say, I love you on the first day. (laughs) You know, soul cry yeah, the first time yeah, you have sex yeah. <laughs> so yeah I really want to land in the middle um and I think growing in that maturity in some ways will kind of help me to kind of take what I need from both there's the popular adage that you can't love others until you love yourself tell me about it period <laughs> <laughs> but do you feel that though? Or do you feel like you have somebody who's teaching you how to love yourself again? I think exactly what you just said will lead me to a lot of healing and a lot of growth in my relationship right now. I think just for some reason, I never, I'm late to the self-love game. I thought self-love was being really hard on yourself and making sure you're finding success and that just for me personally isn't self my self-love isn't that I'm figuring that out but I know for me I'm gonna gain a lot of self-love when I really work on my inner voice because I'm kind of getting away from that like overwork yourself and you're only as good as what, how far you come in life. And now that I'm kind of transitioning away from that, my inner voice is slow to make that change. 
once I start to master that and tell my tell myself and feel and believe what I'm saying to myself, I think I will have a lot of growth. This is like a really hard question for me to answer. And I think I'm really being real when I say I haven't landed on it yet. But a big part of me even getting here was like actually learning like what self-care was to me because I had no concept. Um, So I kind of had that journey and now I'm taking it a little bit more inward. And like I can just feel how much my partner loves me. And it's just so like whole. Uh, it's not just like a specific little components of me. Like uh, like he really does love me as a person. I need to like see that too. Um, and I'm like not there yet. But I think it will be a little bit groundbreaking for us when I do get there. Is it terrifying or relief to have somebody love you more than you're capable of loving yourself? I think it's a mixture of both. And maybe it leads back to that obsession post that I made. I think maybe I've never really felt like really loved, you know, like for real, for real. So maybe that post was for you. Yeah. Maybe I need to be obsessed with myself. Not the full circle. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Raven. You guys didn't get to see it in this interview because we're sitting down, but she stood up for a second and her butt was budding. The body was bodying. The skin was obviously skinning. She looks healthy and strong and vibrant. And she attributes so much of that to the work she does with Pilates. Obviously, that has about exercise, but the community that she's created is really about internal medicine and community as well. So if you want to get some of that goodness, which I'm actually going to go and check this out as well. Go to Pilates Body Raven, Pilates Body Raven, and that is on YouTube, Instagram, and on TikTok. Okay, so if you were listening to that interview like I was listening, you probably heard a lot. Hope, fear, intimate idealization, humiliation, self-awareness, and maybe in some ways that could lead to self-criticalness. But through all of that, what should we take away And I wanted to get some help answering that one. So I'm bringing in a therapist to react to Raven's interview. And let me tell you, we are going right into that interview right after I tell you about the final sponsor of this episode, ZocDoc, which this service has been life for me and my constant sickness from these damn kids. I'm finally getting over this cold. I really do hope so. Now, I know a lot of you can relate to this. You're not feeling well. So you go to the internet, you're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. And then all of a sudden, You stumble down a rabbit hole of questionable advice from some internet so-called experts. There are better ways to get the answers that you need and the care that you deserve. ZocDoc helps you to find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience that you truly want. ZocDoc is the only free app, the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Look, when you are not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all of the last remaining energy that you have. Book an appointment through ZocDoc with just a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster. Go to ZocDoc.com lovers and download ZocDoc app. Trust me, get the free app, keep it on your phone. You will end up using it. Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash lovers. Hey, lovers and friends. It's me, Shan, alone. 
I just wanted to share something in full transparency because we were about to send the episode off to the editor and we had a last minute change of plans and I had already at this point recorded all of my intro pieces and I had lined up an incredible therapist to do the reflection piece with and then we got word from Raven's team that they did not want this particular segment included and so we had to scrap it. Now for those of you who have been a part of Lovers and Friends from the beginning you know the third segment has always been something that we have incorporated and the reason that I love this segment is because What we know from podcasting is the whole purpose is to drive dialogue, but often what happens is the conversation gets skewed in a negative direction. And the point of Lovers and Friends is to always give people opportunity to analyze their own intimate lives. And so the third segment is really like, okay, you just heard someone else's story, but what can this mean for you? Or in some cases, what did the segment mean for me? You know, I have personal guests on afterwards where I take inspiration from the interview and look for ways to apply it to my own personal life. Now, we have noticed in making these that some guests are not comfortable with the third segment, so we're definitely trying to find a creative way to figure out how to include this reflective piece in a way that is valuable for the viewer and also comfortable for everybody involved. So the rate and review section, as you know, is an incredible place to communicate with me. would love to hear your thoughts. And speaking of thoughts, we're going to roll right into the outro where I give you the conversation starter pack. What love story are you currently subscribing to? Which love stories are you aspiring to? Which ones are you trying to steer clear of? What love story was modeled for you as you were growing up? I definitely come from an audition background of a love story. And further to the interview, what is more important to you? Learning to love yourself independently and then finding a partnership or getting into a partnership that teaches you skills to love yourself that you may not have acquired on your own. Furthermore, how do you make the distinction between entering into a new relationship with trust, despite the fact that you had a breach of trust in the past, and entering into a new relationship with the guards and protections that you acquired in the old one as to not repeat the past in your new relationship dynamic? Those were heady questions, but um, those are things I definitely think are worth talking about with your own lovers and friends. And more food for thought for your conversation starter pack. I've been thinking about this analogy a lot. We recently got bikes. And so now in the evenings, we go out and bike a lot. And I have my daughter attached to me. Jared has our other daughter attached to him as he's biking. And this is a concept I came up with before I had kids and is really important to think about now as I have their safety behind me. When you are biking, there is nothing better, more fun and sweeter than going downhill with your hands off the brakes. Like when you are just allowing momentum and force and life to carry you through quickly, the rush that you get, the joy that you get, the laugh that I hear from my daughter is really something special that I truly do value. However, when you are going at a fast speed, you are putting yourself at an extreme amount of danger. You are not able to be aware of your environment. You can't spot rocks and pebbles and divots and speed bumps as fast as you could if you were going a lot slower. And secondly, when you are going fast, it's more about the feeling and less about the environment, taking it in, being mindful of what you see, what you've experienced, what you smell, like giving yourself the sensory experience of going slow and of making a good moment, of making a good time versus being force-fed a good time because your brain is going at a million miles per hour because the wheels are doing just that as well. And I think about that in terms of love because there is something really fun 
about taking your hands off the brakes and just letting it ride, letting yourself fall into that feeling. And it's a great story to tell later on down the line, as we discussed in earlier episodes, people really value and treasure the, we fell in love on the first date, the fast and furious stories. So I'm not discounting those. And I do think there's a place for them. But I also think about my relationship with my husband. I was all the way on the brakes. And furthermore, I don't think I ever really let myself go downhill. I would stop and be like, have you seen this over here? Oh, look at this tree to the left. And let's have a conversation right now. Like, we'll worry about biking. We're on our bikes. We're going to get somewhere eventually. And I think there is a time and a place for the fast. But my personal recommendation is the slow. Keep your hands on the brakes. Yeah. That brings us to the end of this episode. Shout out to you for listening. Next week, we are back. I don't know what we're going to go to. We have so many great conversations we already recorded. I'm thinking we're going to talk about money and it's really interesting. I'll give a snippet of that conversation just because I thought it was so interesting. I used to be like, I want the man to pay for everything, but that's not, it doesn't seem like it would be healthy for you to work every day, pay all, unless you really just want to do that. I need to contribute somewhere. And my fear is what can I contribute? So long story short, more to come. So please come back. Have a great week, lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm gonna take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend I say. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment, Shan Boudram. It is produced by Shan and Crazy Cruz with production support from Two West Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on all of our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audio Boom and made possible by our incredible sponsors, who you can show some love to by reading the show notes. Thank you and see you next week.